0: Good evening, everybody. I'm Hot Rod Bob and you've got gas. The great American auto scene brought to you by Valley Head Service, Irwindale Speedway, Irwindale Drag Strip, and Tucker Tire. All right, good evening everybody, hi, this is really me, this is really Hot Rod <laughs> Bob, and I do have gas, wow. just ask Randy. With us tonight is always the lovely and beautiful Randy Cardoon. <laughs> and there he is. And behind the controls, behind the cameras, behind the curtain... Behind
1: the 8-Ball. Yeah, that's right, right. it's Bruce E. Barker. Why, if something doesn't
0: work, I'm blaming somebody. <laughs> that's it, yes, you can do that. All right, so we are live here tonight, and if you're watching this after 8 o'clock tonight, we're not live anymore. We've faded away. Uh, this is Gas, the Great American Auto <laughs> Scene, and we've got some exciting things to talk about tonight. We're going to talk about brakes, not the kind that stop you, but the kind that may save you. And we're going to oh. talk about some other things. Uh, we, we had 19 automotive magazines killed, just out of production Jeez. as of Friday. Wiped so, out. Wiped out. And uh, what they're saying is there's no money in print media anymore. Well,. You know what? i got a buddy that's running a magazine that's getting bigger and better every year, and one of the top magazines in hot Mm rodding, Street Rodder, that's been around for decades, is gone. It's one of the ones that got axed. Uh, Rodding USA, though, is thriving, right, Paul Martinez? You're watching in. So, uh, you you know, we'll give you that free plug.
2: But uh, and Randy, what have you been up to? Well, you know, it's been a it's been a good time. We've had a lot of fun. Uh, we were at uh, Motor for Toys a yes, uh, we couple were. weeks ago. Freezing art. Uh,
0: this is freezing.
2: Our, uh, I I uh, I just got to feel it. Like did you last Thursday? So I, I was just your uh, own. Yes, yeah. get my own. Straight. His own. My <laughs> own. Thank you very much. But I don't do that a lot. But no. let's not get buried and all that. All that no. That, no. Uh, so we uh, <laughs> had a lot of uh, fun there. Uh, we saw the cars from yes. Ford versus Ferrari, which in Europe is Le Mans 66. Okay, is it Ford versus Ferrari Le Mans 66, or just Le Mans 66? Le Mans 66 66 in bold print. That's like a partial score.
0: Yeah, and and I asked (laughs) someone about that when I was in uh, in Britain that week, when it was introduced, and they said, oh, because you Yanks don't know what Le Mans is. I go, really? Give me a break, here, guys.
2: Yeah, guess. and they don't even pronounce it right. It's Le Mans. Not Le Mans.
3: Le Mans.
0: It's not a Pontiac. It's a race. Wait, what? <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what?
2: <laughs>
0: and yes. we we're
2: off the rails, rails early the rails, in the show, sorry. ladies yeah. and gentlemen. Tempest
0: five hundred. Yeah. 500. yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so we were there at that show. We had a lot yes. of fun seeing those cars. Um, let's see uh kevin hart was there kevin he hart brought in there. a couple of his cool cars He was walking
0: around pretty good doing good you yeah know, he had four cars out there and he was very personable to anyone who came up and talked to him mm-hmm. and uh it was kind of neat uh, he was there there was all, a whole lot of other stars there we didn't get to see them we were too busy working really other stars yeah besides famous, you and me famous people yes
2: could you like explain who that might be? No because we didn't see them. But you knew they were there. Oh yeah, they were there. So but you know who they they were <laughs> and you're not saying who they are? That's right. I don't know. Tease. Who's on first? Wait, <laughs> third base. Okay. <laughs> All right, I figured that out. So Benjamin. we were, we did that and that's been a lot of fun. The podcast yeah. is going well on talking yes. about cars on uh, radio.com and iTunes and dot 70com and talking about cars.net. It's uh this last week and you could still catch it. Uh we had who do we have on the show? Oh yeah, right. Whoa, the guy Tom from Barn Find Hunter, Hunter. Tom, Cotter, Tom Cotter. Tom Cotter. Which by the way, if you look up Tom Cotter on yeah. his social media, yeah. There's like a comedian by the name of Tom Cotter. Really? Yeah. I mean, the Tom Cotter we interviewed was funny, okay, but he wasn't like a comedian funny. But he had great car
0: stories. Yes, he did have great car stories. And you and I have, uh, we've seen the book. A couple of them, yeah. A couple of them. them. uh, Where they they just find these amazing barn finds is the best way to, they call it barn finds because that's what they are. Not necessarily in a barn, but How many of you know what
2: barn finds are, really? Raise your hand. Uh, Bob? Yeah, okay. Oh, yeah, yeah. our studio audience yeah. knows. So, yes. if you don't know, basically a barn. We have a studio audience, by the way. Yes, tonight. we do tonight. Yeah, yeah Jeff really. Jeff
0: Perlman sitting over there, hiding in the, the darkness. Jeff Perlman, yes. PR
2: guy extraordinaire. He is. So, anyway, we're we're as far as those barn finds are concerned. Basically, it's what do you do? Like your grandparents have this car, they put it in the garage, they haven't yeah. touched it for twenty years, right? Or maybe they have a, a kind of like a farm, and they yeah. stick them out in the field. Because you can be driving by in, like, farm communities, and you just see these old cars sitting there littering the, you know... That too. Yeah. So, basically, those are barn finds. Right. And if you've seen it, it's on YouTube, uh, Tom's
0: show, and they run around,
2: and he takes a look at everybody's
0: cars. Yeah, and he finds these neat guys. I mean, you know, we see them coming up on Facebook and other pages all the time where someone bought a car... For whatever reason, they parked it in the garage, and they kind of just kind of forgot it. Mm-hmm. They stacked things on it, boxes on it, put a cover over it. The kids played on top of it. It sat there, and there have been some famous finds. Like uh, a few years ago, the number one Corvette Stingray was yeah. found. Yeah, and they restored it Texas, because it was wasn't the, it yeah someplace. But it was it was restored not because it it was in really bad shape. It was just aged. Mm-hmm. So they brought it back to as new condition, and it sold for god-awful amounts of money at uh, one of the, <laughs> the leading auctions. But,
2: but it's different as opposed to some of the other shows out there, like Chasing Classic Cards, which yeah, is right. those were already rainy. done, yeah. Well, they're done. Well, no, there's well, he some that he's found, but he buys them. Yeah, he's buying them or he's helping someone yeah, sell them. Yeah, Tom doesn't necessarily buy cars. But, no. And then there's that show where... Um, Steve Magnante goes yeah. out called, I believe it's Junkyard Gold. And then mm-hmm. they go out. I love that show in a sense because you see all sorts of cars you haven't seen. I actually right. saw an in a, one of his episodes. He walks right by one. It's really? like a 59 Vauxhall Victor. Oh, yeah. yeah. Kind of yeah. like that Matchbox car you used to yeah, have when you uh, were right. a kid. You had a uh-huh. little yellow one. Uh-huh. So, <laughs> and uh, they had that there. And so I love all those shows. But again, Tom's is interesting just because. He finds people, his clues to find where the cars are. He doesn't have this planned in advance. He goes, yeah. here's a city, I'm going to show up, and by showing up at car shows and talking to people and other places yeah. where people gather, he finds where these cars are.
0: Yeah, and it's, it's kind of like American pickers of just the cars themselves. Right. So and it's great, and there's we've we've seen the books, we interviewed uh Someone else that did, didn't he worked yeah, with? Yeah, his, uh,
2: his camera guy, um, his uh, photographer, photographer, Michael
0: <laughs> Allen Ross. Right, and, we, and they put a book together, We've Got it. it, and we interviewed him a couple of years ago at the Grand National Rooster Show.
2: Great conversationalist, yep. and he's really good at it. And, and if you've ever seen his um, photography, it just was really outstanding and it shows some of these cars in ways that uh, just make them shine even though they're full of dust
0: yeah all right what we're going to do now is uh, we're waiting for doug herbert to call in he's going to be talking about a program he puts together called brakes and i think it's a very very important program as a matter of fact if my kids were younger i'd be putting them through it now uh we saw a number of people at pomona at the fairgrounds this weekend they were taking the class they were bringing their kids through it and it's not just for the kids because kids are your passengers, every adult that has children, their kids rode with them. They learn habits. Guess who they're learning them from? <laughs> you. So when they go back home and say, "Daddy, mommy just called," <laughs> and they learn these things. But let's do. We got an introduction on Doug Herbert. We'd uh, like to play for you. And although we're Doug's going to be calling in shortly. We're gonna get you some lead-in to Doug Herbert. And for those of you in the drag racing community, you know he's a six-time world top fuel champion.
3: In January of 2008, my whole life changed. It only took a moment to lose my two boys. One moment and one bad decision. I was in Phoenix and uh, their mom called me and told me that John and James were in an accident and uh, that she thought they might be dead. And uh, I think she was standing right there. I left Phoenix, Arizona to come home, to come back to Charlotte. And uh, I came from the airport and I drove straight over to where the accident was. He was driving recklessly. He was, he was, he was swerving through traffic and uh, he was going too fast and he lost control of the car. Slid across the road and another car hit him pretty much from directly from the front side. And both uh, John and James, from everything that I understand, they were killed instantly right on the, uh, right there. They were killed instantly right there. To be honest, I don't know. I don't know why it happened. So the only thing that I can do is try and do something to help, to help other kids drive safe. Because I don't want other kids and their friends to go through this, and I don't want other parents to go through this. Hi, I'm Doug Herbert. No parent wants to get the call that I got that January morning, but every day in America, about 15 families do. That's almost 6,000 teens a year gone. 400,000 more are sent to the emergency room due to car crashes. Take a look at this picture. This is what speed and inexperience can do. My boys were actually in this car. I don't think he
1: realized um, what could have happened, or if he did realize, he just didn't take that
4: Into consideration. It's amazing, like, what can happen to a car. Like, you get in a car, a lot of times you feel safe, and then you see this.
3: Yeah, it makes me realize how short life really is and that anything can happen to anyone because he was just driving to McDonald's and he didn't know, you know. None of us knew that's what's gonna happen, so.
1: Just like imagine your best friend dying in a car wreck. Yeah, and if you don't want that to happen, then don't drive like that. Because you don't want anybody else to feel you know, feel like you, know, you lost somebody.
3: Right after the accident with John and James, uh, I wanted to do something to try and affect other kids' lives and other parents' lives. Because I don't think anybody really has any idea how much it affects everybody else. And so we started this program called Breaks. And BREAK stands for, and the kids all came up with this, be responsible and keep everyone safe. And that's pretty much, that's what we want to do. It makes me feel better to do something with the kids. And it makes me feel better to, to because this maybe f- helps a little period of time where I'm not thinking about John and James and I'm not thinking about doing something with them because I'm involved with something else. The teen driving problem is huge, but we can make a difference. Go to putonthebrakes.com and download a safe driving contract, and then talk to your teens about the consequences of not driving safely. Brakes. Be responsible. And
2: keep everyone safe. Everyone.
0: All right, we'll go over this a little bit further and a little bit more when Doug calls in in just a few moments where he's in uh, traffic right now, and (laughs) he'll be calling us. But uh, my wife and I both got to go through the program this last Saturday at the uh, Pomona Fairgrounds, same place that they hold the World's Finals and the Winter Nationals, Mm -hmm. uh, an excellent place for it. It was raining that day, which added some uh, little uh, intrigue to it, too, because one of the things that Doug's group teaches is skid control because you are going to skid. There's no question about it. It may not be today, but it's going to be some por- part of your driving experience will entail a skid. And they teach the kids not to be afraid of it mm-hmm. and how to uh, react to it. And there's, a, there's one of the cars right now, and the, the instructor, Matt Riley, he's the one that took us through the class as well.
1: If it's raining and you skid, they teach you how to get out of it
2: safely.
0: Man and It's interesting Now what they've done Whether it's raining or not They have uh, you, you remember the big wheel Did you have oh, a yeah. big wheel When you were younger Absolutely no. not Okay But I know
2: what you're talking about You know about. what you're talking I about So you
0: like talking. You know they were fun To spin out Get sure. them to slide They have these big Hard plastic wheels <laughs> What the cars from <laughs> Kia have Are a plastic ring Encompassing the rear wheels So it causes the car to slide Just like a big wheel Huh. But what they're doing Is they're teaching the kids How to react to that So they're showing them, here's the car going into a skid. What do you do? Well, you turn into that skid, lift the throttle a little bit, steer into the skid, control the vehicle, learn vehicle control. Now, that's not something that any school program, any driver's training program that I'm aware of will actually teach you. Yeah. They will tell you, turn into the skid, but unless you've put a car in a skid, It's a shocker the first time it happens. Yeah, it's
2: a little scary. But then you realize that you have more control over your car than you really think you do. And that's something that I think that this will help teach. Um, You know, if you weren't uh, a crazy high school kid at one point and did all that stuff before, you avoided serious circumstances. I did. I know I I did. I mean, I I one time was driving down a certain street when I was young millions of years ago, Valley Circle, when it was really not as populated as it was uh, is now. And tried. I saw something on uh, I believe I saw it on Starsky and Hutch or something, and I decided to (laughs) emulate the power slide, brake turn, spin move, and then gun the engine so all the and it looked good on TV, and I tried (laughs) it, and you know something? Uh I could have used this class very early because no one wanted to get in the car with me for some reason. I don't understand why.
1: Well, you know, and all of us guys, uh, and, and a lot of our viewers and listeners as well, are uh, you know, familiar with both front-wheel drive cars as well yes. as rear-wheel drive cars. Yeah. Um, do they cover that? Maybe this is a question for Doug, but uh, Bob, since you were there, because, yeah. you know, those they can, in certain situations, behave vastly differently in that's terms of how they skid and, and yeah. when
0: you're entering a skid. And that's one of the reasons I'm not a proponent to front wheel drive cars, uh, I honestly I hate front wheel drive cars because they are they do what's called a pendulum. The majority of the weight is over the front wheels. When you get into a skid situation with a front wheel drive car, it's pushing in the direction of the weight, mm-hmm. so you can turn your steering wheel all you want. And I have people tell me, Well, you get better traction with the front wheel drive, yeah. Well, once you're sliding, you're not doing anything unless you hit the throttle hard. On a front-wheel drive car, you will go in the direction that the weight is pushing you.
2: Hmm.
0: Uh, whereas a rear-wheel drive car, the back end will most likely come around. Although most front or rear drive cars manufactured in the U.S. do not have what's called oversteer, they purposely get them to plow a little bit or or push through a turn rather than have the back end come out because we're too stupid to know what to do when a car starts skidding with the back end out. Yeah. Is this kind of a domesticated, you've been through it obviously, I yeah.
2: haven't, but is this kind of a domesticated, for lack of a better term, Bob Bondurant kind of school
0: thing where they teach you how to handle a car in extreme situations? There are two things they do teach you how to do and that's one of the things is ABS, how the ABS operates. And we'll talk to Doug more about that when, when we get him, but it Most people have never activated the ABS on their cars. That's the automatic or the anti-lock braking system. It is not automatic braking. Automatic braking is some foolish thing to me that manufacturers are putting into cars these days, and people are depending on the car to do the stopping for them. ABS is anti-lock braking, and what that does is it allows you to control the car, turn the steering wheel when you're on the brakes instead of skidding. Yes, because it, it
1: it applies the brakes, releases them, applies, releases right. very quickly. Right, it. right. Yeah.
0: So the old thing where they used to measure the skid marks to see how fast you were going right. no longer applies yeah. because you're not skidding. Now, there are little patches where the tire may have stopped momentarily during the ABS operation. Yeah, But how many of you have actually stepped on the brake and felt ABS operation? One of the things when I was working uh, on the OEM side, on the manufacturer side, when the company I was working for came out with ABS brakes on their cars, we all went through a class where you step on the brake and you activate the ABS so you can feel the bounce in your pedal. So you know what ABS activation feels like. There are people that hit brakes, all of a sudden the pedal starts pulsing, oh, I'm doing something wrong, and they let off the brake. Uh That's not what you do with ABS.
1: No. It's typically though, that's a pretty strong application I think because you're not feathering your brake at that point. No. You're hitting it. You hit no. it's-
0: right. See and and with me, I had some race training, so I was taught how to feather a brake. I was old enough that ABS didn't exist, yeah. So I was taught how to feather brakes. What year was that, Bob? Uh, well, let's see. I had a two horse drawn carriage. Buddy, buddy, buddy. Happy trails. Okay. Anyway, mm. but uh, so I learned that, and then um, like you talked about skidding and such. Uh, the malls were closed here on Sundays when I was a teen,
5: mm-hmm. and on the
0: rainy days I would go out and purposely make the car skid so I can learn how to control it. I don't know how many hubcaps I lost off my mother's car. And back then, they didn't have that scrawny guy showing up in that little mini truck
2: with the little yellow lights trying to get you out. Yeah, exactly. That
0: never happened. Didn't have that. And they didn't have those parking stops because they figured you were smart enough to know where the parking spot ended. Mm -hmm. So they didn't have those little cement things sticking in there so I could do this, and I did. Uh, My mother had a 60 Chevrolet, and I found out just how bad that thing could handle. With the bat wings and everything. With it, Yeah, and they didn't help at high speed either, no matter what anyone says. (laughs) Really? That's right. I'm stunned. You're stunned? (laughs) Who would have thought? Yeah, at 100 miles an hour, they lift. No. (laughs) Really? Doesn't happen. No, doesn't I found out. Uh, Okay. (laughs) Anyway, on the phone with us right now, Colin in from all over the world. It's Doug Herbert. How you doing, Doug? Hey, I'm doing great. Thanks for having me
4: on. Sorry, I was uh, late calling in. We're busy at a little event over here in Charlotte, North Carolina.
0: Well, that's good. You're you're working on the brakes program, and we understood that. We got things started, gave people a, a little introduction of what you're doing and the reason why you're doing it. But why don't you give us a little rundown about uh, what's going on and what's happening. And uh, you've got a partner in this right now that's uh, providing cars for you. So kids are getting some decent cars. They're getting to the beat up a little bit. Well,
4: that's right. Yeah, so the, <laughs> This program, I mean, I spent, you know, uh, basically my whole – adult life being a drag racer and and uh you know going 300 miles an hour and having all doing all these great things and then in january 2008 my two boys uh john and james were killed in a car crash just less than a mile from my house over here and uh, really put things into perspective and at that point i'm uh, I decided I wanted to teach their friends about being safer drivers. I didn't know that car crashes were the number one cause of fatalities for teenagers. And, uh, you know, the thing that I love the most is cars. I wanted to make sure that other parents didn't get that phone call that I got, that their, their uh, teenagers were killed in a car crash. So uh, we started this program, and we're giving teenagers actual behind-the-wheel training and uh, you know it's at the end of the day it's really a performance driving experience we're just teaching them about safety and uh, it's it's a, it's a it's a really fun time for the teenagers as well as the parents we're giving them a really good experience behind the wheel of uh, Kia as you mentioned is our is our vehicle sponsor and and they provide the vehicles for this training it's just a great thing it's a win-win and uh, we've actually had Data from the University of North Carolina professor Dr. Paul Friday that teenagers that have taken our program, this is over a five-year period, thousands of teenagers are 64% less likely to be involved in a car crash after coming through our program. So it's a, it's a win, it's definitely a it's great therapy for me and it's good to know that my boys uh, are able to make a difference in, uh, in making sure that uh, another parent doesn't get that phone call that I have. Doug,
2: you make uh, take great pains to to note that that this isn't just a driver's ed course for people. This is this is more about how the car handles. As you mentioned earlier, it's more about a performance lesson and how to handle cars when they're doing extreme things. Really.
4: Well, exactly. People ask, well, explain to me what brakes is. What does it do? And the first thing I tell them, well, we're not driver's ed. We don't teach you how to put your car into gear. We don't teach you how to parallel park. We don't teach you how to pull into a parking spot. None of that. That, We don't teach you that. We're teaching you how does the anti-like brake system work? What does it enable you to do in the car? We teach you how to uh, avoid a skid or how to recover from a skid. We teach you how to do an emergency lane change. Basically, all the things we're teaching are like emergency preparation skills. We're teaching how to avoid being in a car crash when you get in a bad situation. And, you know, we're all going to come across that from time to time. And so we're trying to give these teenagers that experience so they know how to deal with it before they ever have to come across it.
2: Talk a little bit about not only the fact that you're teaching how to everybody how to handle the cars in, a, in an extreme situation. Talk a little bit about uh spinouts, talk about the ABS brake scenario and what what is taught and far as kids knowing how to handle that.
4: Well, you know, it's funny, but I remember the first time I activated anti brakes on a I had a Suburban back you know, 12 years ago or something, and it had anti-lock brakes on it. And I wasn't familiar with them. And I know the first time I smashed the brake pedal down, uh, the brake pedal started fading and and pulsating. And I thought, oh, my gosh, something's wrong with the car. I didn't know. You know, when they sold me the car, nobody told me about that. I was was used to pumping the brakes because that's what we were taught to do. Uh, So, you know, we're teaching parents and the teenagers how to Activate nanolock brakes and what it means to you. You know, everybody hears that ABS braking system, but what does it mean? So we break it down to uh, the families that come to brakes into like simple terms. So ABS braking system, analog braking system. We all know that being car people, but not car people, we explain it to them. ABS stands for ability to brake and steer, which is exactly what ABS systems do. And it just yeah. kind of break. You know, that's why we try to do everything break it down to a. Mm -hmm. real simple to understand uh you know type of a deal and give them the experience behind the wheel so they actually understand what it is and they know how to deal with
2: it who's the better student the kids or the parents because the parents obviously uh, they think they know what they're doing because they've been driving for much longer the kids uh, are just learning some of these key moves now who do you find to be the better student
4: you know, it's hard to say. I mean, we have teenagers come to us that are eighteen or nineteen years old that have been driving for two or three years, and they just know everything there is to know about driving. You know, seventeen-year-old <laughs> boys are the worst, actually, uh-huh. they know everything uh-huh. they know about driving. <laughs> we were just—we've been seventeen-year-old before, you know, boys before. Yeah. Well, yeah. Um, but really, some of the biggest aha moments actually come from the parents because you know, let's face it, since we took driver's ed things have changed a lot you know it used to be a horn button in the middle of the steering wheel now it's an airbag that comes out at 200 miles an hour <laughs> uh-huh. and you get in a you know in an impact and you know as i was saying you don't pump the brakes anymore the anti-lock braking system takes care of that so there's a lot of things have changed and the technology keeps evolving in the cars and so part of what we do is we're trying to educate not only the teenagers but the parents um, you know on the cars and the systems And, uh, you know, it's really making a difference with the way that, uh, you know, with with the ability for not only the teenagers but the parents to be good drivers.
0: You were talking, and you and I spoke on Saturday, that uh, the kids have learned their habits of driving by being their passengers of the parents.
4: Right. And so, you know. The parents, if they have bad habits, guess what? They're teaching to their teenagers, and, and, uh, you know, not just when they're teenagers, but as soon as they're basically the time when they turn around in their car seat and they start looking forward, guess what? They're watching us drive. And so as parents, we need to be good, responsible, uh, you know, role models for our kids from the time they start watching us learn how to drive. And, uh, you know, we're trying to teach them to be better and more responsible behind the wheel.
0: All right. Now, uh, one of the people that uh, you introduced me to that gave my wife and I the the tour or the class itself was Matt. How did you uh, attract people like Matt to be your instructors? Because you've got some high-line guys there, some very, very astute people.
4: We really do, you know, and what is amazing is the people that uh, that we've attracted at breaks to come and be instructors. And they're... Uh, you know, like you were saying, you know, Matt's got a variety of you know, really wide background on between racing and training, the law enforcement, Secret Service, all this stuff. Uh, you know, the instructors that we have are a lot of racing drivers that teach training. There are a lot of performance driving instructors. You know, maybe out in California it would be at the Porsche driving center, whatever, that kind of thing. But we've also got highway patrolmen. Uh, we've got you know, regular law enforcement drivers. We've got the guys that train the Secret Service guys that drive the president around defensive driving. So wow. just mm. the, the instructors that we have are absolutely amazing, and I'm amazed uh, at, the, at the caliber of people that we have. And you know, the great thing is that you're able to you – know, we, we invite parents to bring their teenagers to come to the class, and we're teaching them these life-saving skills. And the program's free. You know, it, there's not a cost to it. It's it's all about wow. uh, my boys and what we were trying to do to make a difference out in the world. And you know, if somebody wants to, it's obviously it's a it's a you know it's a charitable organization. We're a 501c3, so we hope people can leave donations and help us pay it forward. But hey, you know, if they can't, that's okay. It's not that's not what it's about. It's about doing something to make a difference, and that's that's really what we're trying to do.
2: And one of the things I I note that you do is you deal with kids and parents alike trying to deal with distracted driving and uh from what i understand and correct me if i'm wrong to try and make it so it's a distracted driving setup uh they will actually try and distract the driver just to show what kind of uh stress that that puts them under
4: sure well absolutely i mean you know the biggest distraction obviously in cars now is cell phones but It's everything, you know, when we were teenagers, it was other teenagers in the car. So at the end of the day, every teenager additionally in the car doubles the risk of being in a car crash. So if there's four teenagers in a car, there's a 400% greater chance you're going to be in a car crash. So uh, we do try and educate the parents and the teenagers about using a cell phone or, you know, it's even messing with the GPS in the car, tuning the radio. Uh, reaching down into the seat, something falls off the seat onto the floor. All these things are a distraction, and they keep, you know, they, they, they make you take your eyes off the road. And the way I relate that, you know, to that is, hey, I driven these top heel dragsters, they go 300 miles an hour. And how focused do you think I was when I'm driving the car? Well, I'm going 300 miles an hour. My life depends on me being totally focused. And really it's not that much difference been driving down the road and you know you're going even at 60 miles an hour right you're going a length of a football field in about a second uh, you really got to pay attention to what's going on
0: All right, now, one of the other things that we talked about uh, that day is how uh, impaired driving affects and the kids sometimes don't think about that you've got some special uh, eyewear that you put on the drivers right
4: <laughs> yeah we do Bob and it's it's really fun uh, to be able to educate teenagers, I, you know, I mean, I mean, I was a teenager before too, right? We do dumb things, but no. we put these goggles on the teenagers. One of the distractions that we have is we call them—they're called drunk goggles—and you put them on, and it simulates the situation of being impaired behind the wheel, and. uh what we're trying to do with that exercise is get the teenagers to make a conscious decision. Okay, that would be stupid to drive a car like that, and it would be stupid to get into my, uh, you know, get in the car with my friend that says, "Oh no, I'm fine." You know, I only had a couple drinks. Don't you worry? Well, no, <laughs> we're not doing that. And it's a, you know, it's quite an awareness to the teenagers because they make that commitment, like that that would be dumb, and they're not going to do that. But also for parents, you know, thinking about it because when you, you know, when you drink, unfortunately, you're you're. Uh, uh, you know your your level of awareness and your and your de- ability to make good decisions also goes away so putting on those goggles really kind of makes you realize okay well that is not a very smart move so yeah, like you say, it's uh, it's it's really an awareness thing and getting people to not only give them skills but also make them aware of the responsibility that they have driving a car.
0: All right, now we talked about that this is all focused for the kids, but like we said earlier, they learn their bad habits from the parents, so you put the parents through almost the exact same course at the same time, right?
4: That's right. Yeah, exactly right. And, you know, and, and like you say, a lot of the you know, a lot of the thing is is parents being able to uh, you know be good role models for their teenagers and and showing their teenagers the right way to do things and uh, so it's really important and and like I say some of the biggest aha moments actually come from the parents you know because they they're seeing stuff that they really didn't know before so it's just it's just a it's just been a great experience uh, you know starting this program that I like I said I originally started it for my boys friends and it uh, just kind of has grown and grown and, and now we've trained over 40,000 families from all over the country and uh you know just it's uh, it's really incredible it's, it's really good therapy for me and I almost feel selfish that I enjoy it so much it's it's just uh, amazing that, that something like this is able to uh to be available and, and really making a difference for our, you know not only for our teenage drivers but for everybody because not only if you have a teenager, but if you're driving on the road, then you're affected by teenage drivers, because when they crash, they're generally not going to crash alone. So we're uh, you know, trying to make a difference with that,
0: too. Yeah, and then one of the other things that you bring up is it's not an accident, it's a crash.
4: Well, that's right. An accident would be like uh, you know a rock falls on top of you and smashes your car like the old Wile Coyote or whatever it is. <laughs> you know, when you're going down the road, and you're looking at your phone and you hit a car in front of you that's not an accident anymore that was a totally avoidable situation uh and and that's really what we're trying to you know trying to make a change on because it's i don't remember the exact statistic but it's over 80 percent of car crashes are totally avoidable and they're due to uh, you know human error. so that's the ones that we're really trying to avoid and and uh, you know not only just the cost of all these crashes and the hassles with you know getting your car fixed and having to get a rent a car or having to get a ride to work or whatever but going to the hospital going to a funeral for somebody that gets in a car crash i mean all these things are really things that are totally avoidable and and just like you said bob it's uh you know, it's not an accident if it's avoidable. That,
2: how, how do you know, people get involved? Uh, how do people really contact you if they want to try this? How do they get involved?
4: Well, the best thing to do is probably go to our website, which is putonthebrakes.org, and there's all kinds of information on there. You could go in there, look at our schedule, sign a teenager up. Um, you could make a donation. You could come out and and uh, volunteer and help us. We've always got room for people to come out and help pick up cones and uh, help at registration or whatever. We've always got all kinds of different things that people can help us with. So there's just a million different ways to get involved and you know, having volunteers and having people that support the organization is uh, just absolutely incredible, and, and a lot of the volunteers that we have, they say, you know what? It, I feel guilty doing this because I'm having so much fun coming out here and volunteering and just seeing all these things that happen. It's uh, it's just been a it's been a great it's been a great experience.
2: We just showed we just showed on our uh, screen here a picture of uh, your website, and it shows you uh, accepting an award at the. Uh in Britain, for at the what was it, Bob? The British Drag Racing Hall of Fame. Right. T- tell us a little bit about your trip to Britain and uh, how that went.
4: Well, we had fun. That was actually where we met Bob and uh, his wife Peggy. My wife Amy and I went over there. And, uh, we were we uh, just had a great trip. Jeff Stilwell was our host, and, and uh, just a wonderful experience that we had. Coming over there and, and meet a bunch of great new people and and learning more about the British Drag Racing Hall of Fame and I've actually been to the track at Santa Fe, I've been to some races there, um, but this time I really got a chance to go and meet a lot of people uh, that you know that have been involved in the history of drag racing in, in Britain. I mean, you know, growing up in Southern California, we think, oh yeah, drag racing just you know, th- I mean, that's a Southern California thing, which it kind of started out that way, but it's a worldwide. It's a worldwide deal, and the, the, the all the folks over there in England are—they uh, just love drag racing, and they love all the American drag racers. And we just had a great time. Bob uh, Bob Beck joined us for a, a bench racing session. We had a great time telling old stories and and just just having a really good time. So the uh, I was totally surprised—the British Drag Racing Hall of Fame and uh, Jeff Stowell honored my. Family uh, for our impact on drag racing. My dad, Chet Herbert, been involved in drag racing for you know since the very first drag races out at Santa Ana Airport, and uh, my aunt Doris ran the old uh, newspaper Drag News that was uh, you know kind of like the staple of drag racing for a long, long time. Uh, so, you know, just being involved in drag racing has uh, just really led me to a lot of great places and, and introduced me to a lot of great people, and I'm really thankful for that.
0: All right, we talk about your drag racing. You are a six time IHRA national champion, and you are the second. Not per- four times only. Four times only? Oh. <laughs> <Yeah>. uh, I'm <laughs> only changing four, that. Four That's four an work. even number. Change that. Yeah, there yeah. it goes with that. Okay. <laughs> but you if I remember correctly, you were the second person to run over 300 miles an hour.
4: I was, yeah. We were we ran 300 miles an hour in uh, 1993 out of Pomona at the Winter National, and
0: uh, was the first to run
4: 300 miles an hour there at Pomona. My crew chief, Jim Berset was actually crew chief for, uh, oh gosh, Alexander. Uh, he was the first to run 200 miles an hour at Pomona, so it was pretty neat that my crew chief, Jim Brissette, was the was the uh, crew chief for the two, first 200 mile an hour car at Pomona and the first 300 mile an hour car at Pomona and that was uh, just a great thing I've had a lot of fun drag racing around the country and winning races I got to win Pomona uh, we won the 50th anniversary race at Pomona uh, back in 2001 and uh, got to be in the winner circle with my dad and my kids and just a just a wonderful thing I had, I had so much fun drag racing over the years and and uh, you know i don't know was, I, I you know i'm only 53 years old right you look at john forcey's 70 he's still out there winning and i guess i probably still got some wind left. i mean i, I don't know I, I guess i need to figure that out
0: yeah well you're you are figuring it out you're building a car to go land speed racing if i'm not uh, mistaken well that's
4: right yeah we're building the car uh to go set the world man speed record for a, for a wheel driven vehicle and go out there and go over 500 miles there. I've been actually working on. I started the project with my dad. Then um, unfortunately, my dad got sick he passed away in 2009. And so the project stalled out a little bit. But uh, just had some great people helping me with that project. Ray now has been really involved with it um, and been a super help along the way and is an incredible fabricator. Poncho Weaver over here and. Um, Greg Fernelli, with his company is SRI, and uh, Stock Car Steel, and Humpy Wheeler has been involved with the car, and Bobby Allison come over and helps us with different things here and there. And, just uh, happened to be you know, in the neighborhood? Just, what? Yeah. <laughs> Bobby to be. Allison yeah. pop up. You know, funny story, my dad, when I came home, Uh, my boys got in the car crash and uh, actually growing up even back before that, back in the early days, my dad was one of Bobby Allison's very first sponsor, maybe his first sponsor ever, and so growing up, Bobby would come by my dad's shop out in Anaheim and give us tickets to go to the races at Riverside or Ontario or whatever, and so I grew up, I was a huge Bobby Allison fan and then when I moved to Charlotte back almost 30 years ago uh, Bobby had just you know, was just getting over his really bad uh, crash that he was in at Pocono, and uh, uh, I went to the races, and I saw Bobby, and I said something to kind of his handler guy, and I said, oh, you know, I'd like to say hi to Bobby. Oh, you know, Bobby's not doing so well. He did not have a good memory right now. He's kind of figuring things out, and I said, well, I'll tell him, you know, I'm Chet Herbert's son. And he said, oh, you know, I've got this guy over here. He said he's Chet Herbert's son, and Bobby, I'll never forget, he goes, Chet Herbert, man, he's my favorite guy in the whole world. <laughs> and so Bobby and I became, you know, reacquainted as me being an adult. And Bobby would come over to my shop, and we'd go to lunch often. And we'd call my dad, and, and uh, Bobby, you know, watched my boys grow up and so forth. And uh, when I got when I got the phone call that my boys were in the car crash, I came home. I pulled up my driveway, and Bobby Allison and his wife Judy were sitting in my driveway waiting for me to come home. It's just just... Uh, Unbelievable, and uh, unfortunately, Bobby is one that, you know, he had the experience, and, you know, racing fans would remember his son, Davey Allison, and Davey was killed in a helicopter crash back in 1992, and then Bobby's other son, Clifford, was killed in a race car crash, so Bobby's also lost two sons and kind of puts us in a a club that neither of us would have ever chosen to be in, but Mm. just uh, what a great human being Bobby Allison is, and his wife, gee, the sweetest thing. Um, you know, fortunate to be able to be friends with those um, great people like that. And, uh, you know, your friends, it's like that old, you know, Crocker song, you know, with a little help of your friends, you get through tough times.
0: And you've helped others as well, uh, another drag racer about a year ago. Well, you know,
4: there's our, uh, our you know, friends. You come, come and go through different tough things. And uh, Clay Millican and I were, were fierce competitors for a long time. And uh, Clay's son was actually killed in a motorcycle crash on the road here a couple years ago, not far from his house. And uh, so Clay and I are, unfortunately, in that same group as well. And, uh, Clay and I have become best of friends and like brothers. And uh, we actually go and hold classes there in Millington, Tennessee, at the Memphis International Raceway. Clay and his wife Donna come out and, and uh, you know, they're kind of host the event there in Memphis. And it's just... You know, it's it, uh, sometimes unfortunate that terrible things bring people together, and, and you really realize what's important. And I think that's kind of what's happened with uh, you know what's happened with Clay and I. All
0: right, Doug, I do appreciate you calling in and your program breaks. We're going to start letting more and more people know about it. When are you coming back out to California?
4: Well, you know, I don't know. Uh, Maybe be out there for the Winter Nationals. We've got a breaks class out in Pomona, I think, a couple weeks after the Winter Nationals, but we will be out there, obviously, for that. Um, You know, hey... I live in Charlotte, North Carolina. The weather in Southern California... Charlotte, North Carolina is the racing capital of the world, but (laughs) the weather is not as good as it is in Southern California, so I do like to come to Southern California and and get some of that nice uh, Southern California weather. We didn't have it this weekend, though. Bob, out in Kelowna, it was kind of of wishy-washy.
0: But that did help the kids when they... You know, part of the thing is teaching them skidding control. So can, yeah, can right. well, real out. world situation. Exactly. You know, real world. Like,
4: what the heck is this stuff coming from the sky? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God.
2: Mother Nature's natural car wash. Well, Doug, good for you to be able to take a tragedy and turn it into something positive. Good for you.
4: Well, you know, you get lemons and you either got to decide is it going to be sour or you're going to make lemonade. We're trying to make lemonade.
0: All right, hey Doug, thank you very much for calling in. Thanks for the program breaks, and you know I'm going back over to uh, to Great Britain in July for for the Santa Pod race. You got to come on over. We can. Drag-stalgia? Drag-stalgia. Yeah, I might go over there for that. I had you somebody know?
4: asking, "Hey, are you giving, going to that Stalgia thing over there?" So I yeah. might have to do that. Know, Ron Hope is running his uh, exact- was it Rat. Uh, He's
0: going to run his altered up against the uh, the Havoc team. Fuel altered. So Rat Trap against the Havoc and. Uh, Yep. Yeah, I'm going back over to uh, to antagonize them. <laughs> Join us. Uh, that's, that's
4: pretty cool. The Santa Pod Raceway. It's amazing. You know, yeah. you wouldn't think, oh, this place over in England, but their their drag strip is actually it's a world class drag strip. It is, and it's uh, it's amazing. If any hardcore racing fans, that you would not be uh, you would not be making a mistake to go over to England and yeah. just go. To, if you're a drag race fan, go to Santa Pod. Check that out. But then there's so many things. Like you know, we went around over there when we were over there visiting Bob. Like the mm-hmm. Tower of London and the yeah. you know the the castles and all the history with the you know, Henry VIII and all this stuff. It's just un- absolutely unbelievable. It's it's definitely an interesting place to go and so much history there is unbelievable.
0: All right, hey, Dave. Thanks for calling in. You have a good evening. Thank my you, guys. Best to uh, Mimi and uh, hopefully we'll see you soon.
4: Absolutely. I look, I, I look forward to it. I appreciate you guys having me on the show. And, and uh, yeah, people that want to learn more about the program, go to G and we'll uh, be happy to teach you a little bit about it.
0: All right, great. Thanks again, Doug. Take care now.
4: Thank you. Thanks, guys. All
2: right, what do you think, Randy? Well, it's incredible to take something like that, and, and obviously you want to do something positive. So many people who go through a situation like that try to figure out a way to – To feel right, you know, to feel Mm -hmm. centered, to be able to handle something like that. And and good for Doug for finding something that really helps along the way.
0: It does. And he's, like, he's, because of this, he's kind of backed out of his racing career. For now. For now. Mm -hmm. uh, But he's doing something that is so beneficial to the community, to the nation, to to teenagers everywhere that get involved in this program. And I think more and more need to, and more and more of the schools and states. Should get involved with this. I mean, this is there's no more driver's training in schools anymore. Right. It'd be easy to contract the, to contract with brakes to come in. And, and, do and it. did I understand it correctly? I, I believe he said it really didn't cost anything. Right. He does not charge anyone. It's a 501c3. They'll take donations to keep it going, but that's how they operate. Hmm. So well, he that's... he had to start this program out of his own pocket. Mm-hmm. This was not something that he got in the the Kia. Uh, sponsorship for the cars and such that's only something recent it's been going on for years out of his pocket Wow! when it wasn't you know when it didn't if they didn't get enough donations to support it mm-hmm. he was doing it
2: so uh, you know it, think it about that seems silly not to do it I mean yeah. especially with everything what the kids will learn in that kind of thing so that's exactly. always a good thing
0: safety first hey Bruce mm. do we have any old cool car commercials we do why don't we show one All right. Lighten the mood a
1: little bit. I'm sure we'll be back with more on the Great American Auto Seat.
5: This man is a comparison shopper. It's his job to visit different stores and check what one is offering against what the others are offering. Let's see what happens when he visits a Ford dealership and compares the 1957 Ford against the other low-priced cars. He's got a list of features to check, and we're sure that what he finds out will interest you as a new car buyer. First, he looks at Ford's heavy one-piece wraparound bumper and makes a note that no other car in the low-price field has this one-piece construction. Now, he checks Ford's lower sloping hood and sees that it's hinged at the front, so that it's very unlikely that it would ever unlatch and fly up while you're driving. He makes another note that Ford's windshield pillars are the only ones in the low-price field that slant back like this. You've seen this feature on high-priced cars, but only Ford gives you this advanced styling in the low-price field. Next, he checks Ford's thin center pillars that give every Fairlane and Fairlane 500 sedan the look of a hard top when the windows are up. Here again, Ford stands alone in its price class. And, when he examines Ford's sleek, new rear-end styling, he notices that a Ford doesn't have the high, narrow box look he's seen in some other cars. The tail fins are sculptured and sweep out of the body for a trim, low look. And Ford's tail lights are the largest in its field. And the optional backup lights are built right in, not tacked on like other cars, for a real sleek touch. You'll find most all of these same features in the low-priced custom and custom 300 Fords, too. Plus features you can get in other cars only if you pay the deluxe model prices. Be a comparison shopper yourself. Check the new kind of Ford against the others. You'll find the 57 Ford gives you more value per dollar than any other car.
0: My favorite part about being a brakes instructor is teaching kids skills that they need to stay safe on the roads. So here at the brakes program here at
1: ZMax Driveway this morning we're going to be putting a lot of kids through the program and we're going to focus on key areas that are some of the most common reasons why young drivers crash vehicles.
3: I took basic driver's ed classes before I came here, but to be honest I didn't really know a lot and coming here has Broadens my horizons on how to be able to drive correctly.
2: What we saw today was a good combination of class instruction as well as hands-on driving. Been
0: driving, I guess you could say professionally for over 20 years, but there's always that opportunity to learn something new. The biggest benefit of young people coming into this class is that they develop a skill here that they have never experienced before. Example, skid control. Some of them never skidded a car.
3: My favorite part of the brakes program was the skid pad. I totally got out of my comfort zone. Now I know what to do under the situation.
2: The part that I got the most out of was the uh, crash avoidance and driving full speed towards something and then laying on the uh, ABS as fast as possible.
5: A lot of students don't get to experience
4: these things that we're teaching them until it's too late. They're on the roads in a moment where they're very scared. And if they've gone through this training, they're not as scared and they have the muscle memory and the foundation of how to handle the situations.
1: The crash avoidance course I really enjoyed because I got to apply everything that I had learned from the rest of the day. The maneuverability of the Kia really
3: helped get through the course very easily.
1: The biggest benefit to us having Kia as a, as a main supporter is that they allowed us a tool that we can use to train these kids. It allows me to open up our footprint across the nation, but also it provides the students, both the teens and the parents, with current model vehicles that have every safety equipment installed on them. So it's a great training opportunity and tool for us.
0: Here at Gas, the great American auto scene. And our audience is leaving. We've scared them out. Well, we've lost our studio audience. We did. Both of them. See ya. (laughs) Jeff Perlman, thank you for coming in. You know, I've
2: heard of people leaving a studio audience, but not during the show. Show. Well, well, they get
0: up and, you know, but yeah, okay. Okay. But anyway, we've got some lots, a lot of things going on. Randy, you've got some stuff going on this weekend with the Chrysler Club.
2: Yes. Yes, I do. (laughs) Um, They're having their uh, Christmas uh, dinner. Yeah. And they always, it's kind of fun because they do a, they they do one of those gift giving things, you know, and they do gift exchanges and that kind of thing. And we do it kind of like a, how we say, a, kind of like a game show. Yes. People come in and then they can challenge and then they can go after somebody else's gifts. Oh, yeah. yeah, And it's
0: always, yeah, that's always full of, Rocking excitement! Rockin', rockin yes, yes, So we did a similar thing at the one that I did this last week. Uh, <clears throat> Sounded like first word. First word. Yes. Well, there were some great gifts. Okay, I didn't get any of them? Oh, but uh, I, did, did you have, buy them? No, I had one for a. Yeah, well, I did, but I, I had one for a moment, and then somebody ripped it out ripped, of your hand. They stole it. Yeah. When, yeah. what did yeah. you tell Peggy to give it back?
3: Yeah. No. <laughs> oh. oh, now we got.
0: Go, <laughs> oh, but now we got to go buy it because she likes it. So we didn't get it. Oh, so like we that worked well. It. Yeah, that worked real good. But uh, uh, and uh, this weekend, car stuff for you. Um. Well, let's see. Uh, Friday
2: night. Friday. is because I work for Intercom Radio, and right. they're having an Intercom party. Yeah. At a big, big, big. Uh, big. Kind of not Disneyland, but no. like Disneyland. Like Disneyland. Okay. Not Magic Mountain, but no. like, like Magic. Magic They're Mountain. shutting down the whole thing so we could get so into. There's, there's one other place uh, that I'm like that place you do your Ford show. Oh yeah, where, the one. But it's not live. that. It's oh, not the one okay. down the street from where no. I do. And it absolutely. It no, it's not there. Not there. Kind of I can't understand. really say where it is. No, don't you want to say Because where then it people is. Will want to show, show up, up and then and they Get yeah, your autograph. Yeah, it's not going to. Yeah. Well, no, they're not going <laughs> to get that. <laughs> no? Not that they'd want to. Well, they saying. might. You know, you, you yeah, are I, Mr. Talking About Cars. I'm on radio, okay? They yes. don't do, yeah, okay, if you
0: say so. Okay. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> and Bruce,
0: you've got two of your classics parked right
1: out in front. That's right. You know, we've had some rain, as you guys know. Of course, Bob, you being at Pomona last weekend. Yeah, lots of rain and I had to take the car covers off because I think they were doing more harm than good <laughs> oh, <that's laughs> at that good point. No. You know, when they start just soaking it all up and then you go, okay, great. My entire interior is now rusting away, but Uh-oh. I got to make sure things are dried out because uh, me yeah. and a couple other guys from the TMPCC uh, yeah. and maybe some other folks were going to be in the Echo Park Christmas Parade oh, this weekend. yeah, you're going to take your Lincoln convertible? Echo yeah. out? Park yeah. Christmas Parade. Yeah, and Echo the big fat Lincoln's going to the go there. So.
2: I didn't know there was an Echo Park Christmas Parade. Yeah, yeah. I didn't I've been in the Granada. One. Me too. But yeah. I've never been in the Echo Park one. No. Well, and
1: as I told Ed uh, a couple of days ago, I said, you know, I better make sure this car still starts, because, you know, it's That's been a, a good idea. Yeah, oh. It's oh, always better good. that way. It's you know, hard
0: some, pushing
2: them down the parade route. You know, if somebody from Echo Park is uh, like, watching? running short, yeah, watching and running short of, like, yeah. big-name talent, yeah. Yeah. I'm thinking... Grand Marshal. Grand <laughs> right. Marshal. Yeah. yeah. Huh? What do you say, Bob? Oh, sure.
0: Yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. Okay. So, all right. So you guys from the TNPC, the Television and Motion Picture Car Club, are going to be out at Echo Park yep, for the yep, uh, holiday and, uh, parade there. See
1: some fabulous cars going down yeah, the street. I keep thinking, fun. you know, for parade duty, I've, I've never yeah. quite figured this out. I kind of like leaving the car, at least this one, original. Don't uh, do that, that while you're driving
2: it down the... Uh, yeah, Stay no. with the car. Yeah, okay. That's well, always good.
1: Yeah, don't leave the car. But for parade duty, Do you install an alternator rather than a generator? Because, you know, you're you're idling for a very long time with the taillights burning and, you know, sometimes the headlights. And Uh, I I can't quite figure out how to handle this. Don't turn the lights on.
0: Keep the RPM
1: up. Yeah, keep the RPM up. And, of course, in very hot weather, which we had a couple of years ago during one of the parades, you just go... Okay, that gauge is kind of up there. Let's yeah. turn on the fan, you know, turn on the heater, yeah. get everything blowing as much as possible no, to get, Keep the engine yeah. cool, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And that's sometimes yeah. it works, sometimes it doesn't. No.
0: Sunday. Sunday. A bunch of stuff going on. Sunday, Sunday. We got. Uh, what are we doing? Murphy Museum on Sunday. Oh, right. And Malibu. Uh, wheels and Waves. Wheels and Waves before that. Then Funny we'll- you should bring that up. Yes. Yeah. Because coming up. Coming on up. a new
2: talking about cars podcast. Yes. <laughs> on notice how I just kind of yeah. figured that Man, squeezed it in. Okay. So coming up and uh, talking about cars 174 is yes. part two of Tom Cotter. Welcome back, Cotter. Yeah. No. Yes. yes. Welcome back, back Cotter. Cotter for part two. L- yeah. Literally. Yeah. And uh, so he'll be on the show uh, okay. with more car stories from uh, Barn Fine Hunter, and also it's going to be Fireball Tim. Yes. Oh, yeah. He's been on the show here. He's numerous times Yes, he has And uh, he's. we talk to him at Wheels and Waves We do all the time Does And he, he has an in- interesting uh, gift idea I'll For the car-minded youngster Or
0: really? anybody really Imagine that uh, And all you need is crayons Oh. oh, yeah, that'd be good because they don't let me have anything sharp, so crayons would work. Exactly. Then, of course, you know, while you're crayoning your hand in the middle, <laughs> yeah, that would no, be just no. kind of, you know, you won't hurt crayons yourself. Crayons on my shoulder. So that's coming up <laughs>
2: on Talking About Cars, the podcast. <laughs> yes. By the way, okay. also, it's coming up on uh, radio.com. <laughs> radio.com. Uh, you can get it on the app. You could get it, so you could listen yeah. anytime, anywhere. And we do. And you could also pick it up on Alexa. You could actually tell your Alexa? Alexa, Alexa, you know that thing yeah. that listens to you twenty-four sure. hours a day. Not me. Well, not me either. But it's like my wife. <laughs> well, okay, tell your wife I have to no. Peggy, Peggy, uh, can you uh, listen to? Can we listen to talking about cars? And it'll say yes. Talking about cars, and it'll go right to it.
0: Oh, well, I'm going to
2: have to do that.
0: I'm going to yeah. put it on my phone too because
2: it's an app on the phone. knx 1070com yeah. uh, it's right on right all iTunes, iTunes Apple, Podcasts. Apple Podcasts. I believe yeah. it's on Google Plus. Yeah, all the other cool places and talkingaboutcars.net. So Good. there's a check that out. All right, and uh, that's coming up. So. Something to look for. So we, we do have another Wheels and Waves.
0: Wheels and Waves this Sunday and right after that. Murphy Museum's gonna have uh, in Oxnard is gonna have a special event just after Wheels and Waves. Man. So we'll go down the Wheels and Waves, well, you get up live early. You right around the corner from I that. do. So I'm going to go early, get up early, go to Wheels and Waves, wheels have and waves. coffee, then drive back, because I'm going to be so hyper from the hot That's coffee. That's true. Back yeah. to the Murphy Museum, which is only a few miles from my home. So it's on the way home anyway, and we'll be going to Murphy Museum in Oxnard, California on Eastman Avenue to be there, because it's going to be a fun event there at Murphy Museum. Okay, then you'll see us. Yes.
2: My wow, wife's going. We're, gonna, we're going Sunday we're going to the Sunday? Murphy Museum? I
0: guess yes, we, we are, are honey. Yeah. Well, you know, <laughs> make sure she comes to Wheels and Waves, and Peg and her can do something while they while we wander around looking at cars.
2: Yeah, i got to pry my wife yeah. out of the bed and just go to the thing. Uh, Sunday morning, peg it's someone's, hard.
0: Peg's the going like this. Get up. Wake yeah. up.
2: Wake up. We're going. It's <laughs> yeah. a card show. Yeah. Get up. <laughs> so we have something to look forward to. If you're out there in
0: Malibu, come by and see us. Please. And I understand that uh, someone special is supposed to be there. Oh, yeah. In from fact, the from the of Munsters. Of Munsters. Yeah. Patrick. Um, Rich Patrick. Oh. Yes. So he's going to be there from the Munsters, and you never know who else is going to show up. We've run into people like Tony Dow, mm-hmm. Dick Van Dyke.
2: Dick Van Dyke actually showed up. That yeah. That... Nothing like going. Oh, there's a car, and there's this, and there's Dick Van Dyke, and
0: what? <laughs> and you just walk right by. Yeah. And you and I got to interview R two D two. We did. We did. Yeah. <laughs> so you know, you never know who you're going it's to. It's the be. classic quote. <laughs> <laughs> it
2: wouldn't be an interview with r 2 d 2 if he didn't say that. That's exactly. true. Yeah. And, I, and I believe People Magazine quoted us. So, yeah. I mean, where yeah. can you go
0: from there? All right. I think we've run out of time. Lucky for you. And, <laughs> and us, probably. And us. So, it is about the time for all the gas to stop, unless you want to watch it again, because the encore presentation starts Uh-oh. immediately. All right, folks. Keep it great. Buckle the seatbelts. Buckle the seatbelts. Keep it rubber side down and shiny side up. I'm Hot Rod Bob. Along with Randy Cardoon and Bruce Barker. Thank you for tuning in. You got your evening gas. (laughs) Well done.